Hi again, if you're just jumping in a little late, my name's J.D. Mangrum. I have the privilege of being the pastor of Christ Church Charlestown. Thank you for being here today on Mother's Day. Now, I was raised with my mom telling me, you can't talk in church. It's a little different. We want you to talk in church. If you have a comment, we want you to chat with one another, talk with one another. Totally encouraged today and on every Sunday at Christ Church Charlestown on Facebook Live or YouTube. If you don't get to hear the message, I know that can be a distraction for some of you. Feel free after we're done to go and watch it again. That just will help you make sure you hear what God wants to say to you today. So we encourage commenting. We encourage you hearing from the Lord. If there's ever a year that we need to celebrate moms, it is 2020, to be sure. So today, moms, we celebrate you. Single moms, we celebrate and see you. Working moms, we see and celebrate you. Grandmoms, we celebrate you. Everybody in between, you are a big deal. And we celebrate you today. In fact, we're not golf clapping you. We are like standing ovation, throwing a party. We look at you. We say thank you. We love you. We celebrate you today. Thank you to my wife, Natalie. Thank you for managing our home during this crazy season of life. You've been incredible. To my mom and to my mother-in-law, I just thank both of you for the influence in my life and in Natalie's life. Now, I want to tell you about a, a couple of parents, if I might, today. Amelia and James Taylor, when I say James Taylor, I don't mean the singer from Fire and Rain and You've Got a Friend in Me. Uh, this is a couple who lived almost 200 years ago. Amelia and James Taylor were a, a very uh, sweet couple. Both of them had a sincere faith in Christ. James was a very strict and stern disciplinarian. He, he loved Jesus, but uh, he was a very serious guy. Amelia was raised in an impoverished home, uh, but she was full of joy, full of life, full of the Spirit of Christ, constantly welcoming people into her home, praying for her children. And on May, uh, what's the date? May 21, 1832, they welcomed their son James to the world. Now, they had some secret passions and loves in their life, and they, they would pray these things for James and for his sister in their life, and they prayed some very bold things for James. When James was 15, he had already begun to go by the name Hudson. It was his mom's maiden name. Hudson got a job at the bank uh, there at his dad's encouragement. And most of the people at the bank didn't follow Christ. They weren't Christians. And so they were very condescending and they would swear and mock the faith. Um, and, and, and James Hudson began to do this as well to fit in with co-workers. And he would make light of Christ. He had seen his parents' faith. He had heard of it, but he hadn't fully embraced it. And he began to develop a different set of values and definitions of a good life. He even began to love money and the influence that it seemed to bring. When he was 17, his eyesight was getting bad, and so he lost his job, and he began to despair and slip into a depression. And um, before he worked, while he was working and wandering from the faith that he hadn't embraced, his parents' faith, and even after when he was depressed, Amelia just kept praying. And she just kept praying, continued to be kind and patient toward Hudson. Uh, she entrusted him to God. She would go into a quiet room in their home and, and hit her knees and just ask God uh, big things that he would come to authentic faith. And finally, one day, the Lord spoke to her in her heart and just said that, she, that he had captured Hudson's heart. Now, a few days later, Hudson reached out to his mom and said, Mom, I have something I need to tell you. Well, she knew immediately exactly what it was. 
But Hudson came and shared his news that he had given his life to Christ and was going to follow Christ. And she rejoiced with them and celebrated that God had answered that prayer. But God still hadn't answered the prayer that she and her husband, James, had prayed for years for their kids. Now, before we get into that story, I want us to go to a biblical story, if we might. I want to tell you the story of Paul and Timothy and Paul's grandmother, uh, and Timothy's grandmother, Lois, and his mother, Eunice. Now, Timothy uh, had a, a mom and a grandmother who were Jewish, um, but had converted to follow Christ. They became disciples, followers of Jesus. And uh, Eunice, Timothy's mom, was married to a Greek man who we don't know much about, other than that he probably wasn't a believer. And Timothy was raised to follow Christ and chose to follow Christ and became sort of a protege of Paul. And so uh, Paul's at the end of his life as he writes this letter to Timothy. He's an older man. He's about to be soon to be beheaded by Emperor Nero of the Roman Empire. And in this letter, he's kind of passing the torch to Timothy, his protege. And he writes this in 2 Timothy 1, verse 5. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you as well. Pretty simple. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would speak to us. Let us hear something of Timothy's faith. Let us hear something of Paul's example. Even more, God, let us hear something of Lois and Eunice, Lord, and help us understand how to raise up a generation as we come together around the gospel, as we seek to bring Charlestown together around the gospel, Lord. Will we bring a generation behind us together around the gospel? In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now, what do we see in Lois and Eunice regarding parenting and grace with faith? One, we see that they exercise sincere faith themselves. It says, uh, Paul writes, and he says, I'm reminded, Timothy, of your sincere faith, and that faith first dwelt in Eunice and in Lois, um, your mother and grandmother. And so their faith is so sincere. Now, faith is not about the amount of faith. I don't know if you're like me, but when we talk about faith, a lot of times... I feel like I have really small faith. Do you ever feel like that? Like your faith is small? What Jesus commanded us in Scripture to understand, and he did, I believe, command it, is that it's not about the amount of our faith, but the object of our faith. He said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to a mountain, move, and it'll move. Now, that's not what we're literally necessarily supposed to do. But what he's saying is, place your full trust in me. A sincere faith is a faith that is squared fully on Christ. And Lois and Eunice have this sincere faith in Christ. And that's what we want to pass along to our kids. See, we can't pass along, we can't model for them or just give them a relationship with God that we don't necessarily have. The second thing that we see is they didn't allow their faith to be his faith like it was some kind of genetically given thing. See, they, they modeled it, but they knew they couldn't give it. As a church at Christ Church, we try to be really uh, jubilant when we get new parents, but we also want to be really careful not to give the parent or the kid this false impression that because the parents are believers, the kids are. Uh, it's not how it works. There's an old phrase, God doesn't have grandchildren. In other words, I am a child of God because I made a decision to follow Christ when he began to reel my heart in. The same is true of my boys. The same is true of my mom. I'm not a Christian because my mom was. They're not a Christian because I am. It was our decision. God has children, not sort of grandchildren. I have brown eyes, um, curly brown hair, and I am a Christ follower. Two of those are genetic traits. 
One of those is because God reeled me in and called me to be his child. The same is true of you and even of your kids. We have to make each of us a decision to accept Christ or to reject Christ. And Timothy had accepted Christ himself because Lois and Eunice never let him get the impression that because they believed, he automatically believed. In the same way, just because Amelia Taylor had trusted Christ didn't mean that her son James had trusted Christ. He had to come to that conclusion on his own. The third thing I think we see here is that they raised Timothy to believe the gospel despite his father's lack of faith or even his father's absence. He may have died. The, the Bible doesn't really tell us and history doesn't tell us. Took a church to raise young Timothy, right? Took a church to raise him. Timothy's dad was an unbelieving Greek. His mom and grandmother were Jewish followers of Jesus. We don't know if his dad died or walked away, but we do know he's not there. And we do know that a godly mom and a godly grandmother kind of steered Timothy toward the faith. Let me just say that Nat and I, this is the second time we planned at a church, if you don't know that. Uh, it took years before we had any grandparents in our first church plant. We have some grandparents in Christchurch, Charlestown. First of all, we love the grandparents. Like, the grandparents are amazing. It's so fun watching some of you walk in on Sundays when we meet together, even checking in on Facebook Live and seeing you and then knowing that your kids are there and your grandkids are there. Man, what a privilege. We have some cool grandmothers and even grandfathers who are connected with Christ Church Charlestown. Those grandparents steady the faith. You're going to pray those grandkids into some incredible things. I love being your pastor. Listen, I hope one day we have such a thriving ministry of grandparents in Christ Church Charlestown, right? Who are praying for and celebrating their grandkids and even the, the kids of other people and just sort of adopting them. I love that. We honor um, we honor the grandparents today. We honor the parents who are saying, look, I have a spouse who doesn't believe this, and yet I'm here. I want to bring them along. We honor the courage and faith that says, if my child has an unbelieving dad or mom, unbelieving grandparents, unbelieving community, unbelieving culture, I will still point him toward or point her toward Christ because in Christ is life. Doesn't matter if we're in a situation like Timothy's father. What matters is what we're going to do with Jesus and point those children and grandchildren toward God and the gospel. Listen, these these two, this mom and grandmother, Lois and Eunice, they even uh, allowed Paul to have a role in Timothy's life. And I love that because even one family in this culture can't necessarily point a child toward God and the gospel alone. We need as much influence as possible. Speaking for Natalie, for our family, I'm so thankful for Renee in our church and for Carla and for Coach Coleman. I'm thankful for Kayla and Dowdy. Uh, so many of you are an influence in the life of our kids and your faith is influencing their faith. And I want to honor you today. You're a gift. You're a teammate. Uh, and you help us as we're raising our boys and you're helping others as well by your life, your example, your service, your ministry, all those things. Listen, we need the church, especially here in Boston, to collectively live out the faith and point people to Christ. 
Finally, on this, let me say, we've got some teenagers in our church. It's such a privilege to have them. Coach Coleman introduced us to a lot of these teenagers. And listen, a lot of them don't have parents who embrace the gospel necessarily. And they look to us and we need to point them toward Jesus and the gospel and pray for them and encourage them and serve them. The fourth thing that we see in uh, Eunice and Lois is they taught Timothy the scriptures. One of the few things we know about Timothy's upbringing comes from 2 Timothy 3.15, where Paul said that from a young age, Timothy, you were taught the scriptures. Lois and Eunice were teaching Timothy the word of God. Uh, There's a biblical proverb to train up a child in the way he should go. When he's older, he or she won't depart from it. It's not a promise But it is a principle. It's often true if we train up kids to love Jesus, serve others, love the church, memorize scripture, be squarely trusting in Christ like James and Amelia often we'll see them come around after a time. Now I know some parents would object and say, I don't want to indoctrinate my kids. I want them to believe what they want to believe. Listen, I ne- like I hear you, and I appreciate sort of your open-mindedness, but we're constantly indoctrinating our kids. Like that's what we do. We we teach our kids like the clothes they're gonna wear, which usually are just kind of what we like. The sports teams, politics, movies, home, like how you're gonna decorate the home. We're indoct- indoctrinating our kids all the time. Listen, I've never heard a parent say they want to give their kid permission to be a Canadiens fan. Like, that doesn't happen. I've never heard that. A friend of mine, when we moved here, said, I would rather my kid, like, and he just said something ridiculous, be something, but just not a Montreal Canadiens fan. And I get that. We want our kids to, you know, some of you would say, I want my kids to wear stripes and not camo. Some would say, I want to wear camo and not this and that and the other. How many Star Wars fans, true Star Wars fans say, I just want my kids to grow up and be a Trekkie? No parent would say that. You're indoctrinating your kids to love the things that you love, and that's okay. Just as it's okay to cheer for your kid to cheer for Boston sports teams or to never come in and say live long and prosper or to never wear camo or to think that Batman is better than Superman or vice versa, all to like the beach over the mountains, all of those things. It's also okay to teach your kids Bible verses, to bring your kids to church, to talk authentically about your relationship with Jesus, and even to pray for your kids, just like Lois and Eunice did. Number five, uh, they released Timothy to kingdom mission. At some point, Lois and Eunice blessed Timothy to follow Jesus and go out on mission. What a surrender to release their son to God's hands to plant churches, live as a missionary, go off into the unknown, probably never to return, become an enemy of the state of Rome as a Christian minister, and uh, and just go off and follow God in the gospel. I imagine every Christian parent prays for their child. Godly parenting, teaching the scriptures and prayer, led Timothy into adventures of faith since before they were born, listen, before they were born, Nat and I prayed three things for Noah Noah, and I want to share them with you. I think we even have a slide for them. I would encourage you to pray the same for your kids and grandkids or the other kids in our church. One, God, let them grow up to give their lives to Jesus. We prayed that from pretty much the moment that we found out Natalie was pregnant with each of them. In March 2018, they asked us if they could give their life to Christ, and God answered that prayer. 
I would encourage you to pray, God, let my child, my children grow up to give their life to Christ. Number two, we prayed, let them marry Christian women one day. Now we know in our culture, everything conspires against that. And the truth is, if they choose to live lives of singleness and celibacy, hopefully as they follow Christ, we're going to celebrate that and love them no matter what. But we're praying that if God leads them to be married, that they would choose to marry Christian women one day. And three, we pray often and still continue to pray that God would let them lead lives of greater influence for his kingdom than we will ever lead. That they would lead lives of influence. Now, what God does with Noah and Owen is not my decision, unfortunately. Nat and I steward them, and you steward the young ones in your life. God uh, is their owner, not us. They belong to him. If he calls them, we release them to him. We've watched our moms have to do that. I, I know that's tough. Like There's a part of me that's not even mentally going to go there right now because I could get emotional about it on this day. But I thank my mom and my mother-in-law for the faith in Christ that released Natalie and I and our boys into kingdom mission. They understood they weren't owners, and we're not either, and you're not either. So I beg you to take that same posture, which leads to today's big idea. And here it is. Your greatest contribution to the kingdom of Jesus may not be something you do, but someone you raise. Let me say it again. Your greatest contribution and my greatest contribution to the kingdom of Jesus may not be something you do, but it may be someone that you raise. What if the next great missionary on planet Earth is currently watching Frozen, sitting on your, watching on your phone right now while you watch church? What if an agent for the kingdom of Jesus just spilled his Kool-Aid in your living room? What if Christ Church Charlestown's next pastor is currently learning to ride a bike or play on the switch or to color inside the lines? What if the person who's going to translate the Bible into a language where it's never been accessible before is currently learning to spell correctly at the Elliot, the Harvard Kent, or the Warren Prescott? What if the one who's going to lead the next great revival in Boston currently gets around Boston riding the T to come across town to Charlestown High School every day and we barely even notice them in our community even when they show up at our church? What if our greatest contribution to God's kingdom isn't our lives, but it's encouraging them, raising them, investing in them, praying for them, celebrating them, challenging them, blessing them, and releasing them in faith. Here's the gospel, friends. You can't. I can't either. I can't. You can't. We can't do it. And that's good news. We can't, but God can and God is asking us to trust him regardless of what we know or don't know the best thing we can say is I can't but in faith say God can and I am his and then as he leads we obey see admitting a weakness is a sign of strength in God's kingdom when you say I can't God says I totally agree. I'm glad you finally realized and admitted it. And I can. The death and resurrection of Jesus don't just offer forgiveness, salvation, and heaven. They offer grace for every moment, every struggle, every relationship, every leap of faith, and every need. Grace offers all you need to raise a generation of people who will influence the kingdom in countless ways. Can I return to the Taylors? 
James and Amelia, the thing that they prayed and had a heart for all those years was for the Far East. From before young James was born, they prayed for China and for spiritual awakening there. They'd even prayed for young Hudson Taylor to go to China as a missionary to share the gospel if this was God's plan because they believed that Hudson belonged to God and not to them. When Hudson answered the call to China, they entrusted their son to the gracious father. Hudson Taylor were going to spend 51 years in China and he would found the China, the China Inland Mission. It actually still exists today. Today it's 150 years later called OMF International. Hudson Taylor dressed and spoke like the Chinese to identify with them and to earn the right to share the gospel with them. Hundreds of missionaries would follow him to China and thousands of Chinese would come to know Christ because of his life and influence. Rightly, he would become known as one of the great Christian missionaries. And his story can't be told without giving credit to the, the power of a praying mom and a mom and dad who released him to God and entrusted him to Jesus. We don't know Lois and Eunice, but we get no Timothy without them. We don't know Amelia Taylor, but we get no Hudson Taylor without her. Again, your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God may not be something you do. It may be someone you're raising right now. Your greatest contribution may not be something you do at all. Like as much as I want to think in a couple of hundred years, people are going to remember me in Christchurch, Charlestown. I would be even more delighted if people remember someone else after us. And my sort of life is a footnote in history of what God did through someone else. That would be a great gift and grace from the Lord. You can't do that. I can't either. And that's the gospel. That's the good news. God takes her, I can't, and I, but I surrender. And he tenderly says, I know, I can. I love you. I will. You can trust me. And the world will never be the same. Let me pray for us. Father, may we have a sincere faith and raise a generation behind us who will have a sincere faith. May our kids and grandkids in Christ Church Charlestown and even uh, the kids and teenagers who don't necessarily even have parents in Christ Church Charlestown see and hear in us a sincere faith. May we pass along the scripture and hold them with open hands so that you can do whatever you want to in, for, with, and through our youngest discoverers, adventurers, and teenagers in Christ Church. And Lord, through them and in them and for them and with them, will you do more than we could ask or imagine. May their kingdom influence outreach ours. Lord, for the one who needs to turn today and trust you, we thank you for the gospel that saves us, that forgives us, that sustains us, that enables us, and will one day usher us into eternity. And we pray that people would turn from themselves and trust you and sincerely square their faith in Christ today. For the rest of us, continue to tweak and adjust our hearts and bring us to the place, not where we feel like we have to try harder, but we surrender more to you and trust. Jesus, we love you. We honor you. We celebrate you today, even as we celebrate moms and grandmothers and godly women. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thank you for being here. I just want to remind you, go to Christ Church Charlestown. 
dot com slash connect fill out your connection card regardless of where you're watching from we appreciate you doing that we introduced living rooms the other night let us know which living room you want to plug into if you need the google form just let us know we'll make sure to get that to you we want to make sure you're cared for pastored loved empowered encouraged served blessed prayed for for the journey ahead man i love being your pastor god bless you guys have a tremendous week 